This is the Bluegrass Beat Podcast. News, training, and first-hand accounts from Kentucky's leading law enforcement professionals and instructors. And here's your host, Critley Kingsmith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bluegrass Beat. I'm Critley Kingsmith. Today, we continue to celebrate the Kentucky Department of Criminal Justice Training's 50-year history by talking to someone who has seen our instruction from every angle. He trained here as a recruit in 1998, before serving as an officer for the Berea Police Department until 2009, when he became the Berea Chief of Police until his retirement in 2019. In 2021, he joined DOCJT as a leadership instructor. Welcome to the show, David Gregory. Thank you. It's good being here. David, I was just going to ask you, you know, you, you have the unique perspective of seeing DOCJT from literally a full circle perspective, which is pretty cool and unique for some of the people that work here. Can you tell me the difference between your experience coming through as a recruit, then as a chief, seeing your officers come through and then seeing the differences in the training that you received versus the training that they received and and kind of how things evolved. And then now as an instructor, the teaching that that you're giving your students, what has that been like to see that trajectory? Right now, it's pretty humble to be an instructor here. But uh, my prior experience when I became in the academy in 1998. I went through pre-pops, which was a 10-week academy, and I was fortunate enough where I lived so close and worked uh, so close. I got to stay home. Of course, that's not the case anymore, so it has really changed a whole lot from from me from that perspective. But the training back then uh, during the 10 weeks uh, was really different. Now you have the technology with body cameras and tasers and different equipment that uh, we just didn't have back then or wasn't utilized. Uh, If it was just so expensive that uh, agencies couldn't afford it, but it has changed a whole lot. One kind of unique with our class, I didn't know if you knew this or not, but our class actually produced three police chiefs and one sheriff, which is kind of unique. Yeah. Yeah. Then coming through as a police chief, I got to see the perspective of hiring people and sending people through the academy. I know back when I first started in 2009, probably to about 2014, you could kind of get people in the academy. There wasn't really such a turnover as, you know, the retirement now has changed. The retention uh, is hard to keep people. Back then, we were able to kind of get people in pretty quick into the academy. And probably after, like I said, 16 to 2019, it kind of really changed because of uh, losing people and getting people in the academy. And you had to really think differently about hiring people. Back then, we uh, actually hired people like a year before they went to the academy oh, wow. and kind of got them trained doing, you know, just small things like um, escorts or uh, directing traffic or special events, things that didn't really require somebody that was sworn. So that uh, really changed a lot. And then since coming here, one thing I do teach is in our basic is our ethics course uh, for three hours. For me, it gives me the opportunity to talk to the new recruits coming in. The times have changed, definitely, I think, for the better. I think we're getting more quality, better uh, educated officers now coming in. And being able to tell them stories from um, ethics, we've actually, you know, I've seen in my career, good police officers make bad choices. And, you know, I've had to terminate and, you know, people lose their career. And uh, it's unfortunate. 
but I get to share those stories with the incoming recruits, you know, make sure they do the right thing throughout their career. And it's really important to do the right thing when no one's looking. That's my perspective. Give them the perspective from an eyewitness point of view. Yeah. You know, someone that's came up through the ranks as an officer to a sergeant, you know, uh, then a police chief to be able to talk to them, things that hopefully will help them in their career to uh, make a career out of law enforcement. So. So now you mentioned that you came in pre-POPs, and I know POPs took effect in the same year, in 1998. Was there a big shift between what you watched yourself go through or what you experienced and then what you saw your peers go through after POPs took effect? Were they coming in uh, more prepared where maybe you all were learning, you know, in academy and on the job? What was that experience like watching that shift? It it was a big shift because, you know, I didn't have to go through pre-POPs, you know, the... um, suitability screening, the polygraph, and different things of that nature. Really, back then, you did, I mean, hopefully we were hiring good people. But since that POPs changed, you know, we had to do those 17 standards, and it really made a difference. We were getting more people physically fit, um, uh, knowing their backgrounds. So it really changed a lot, and I think we're getting better quality candidates than, than we did before. Now, one thing I always like to ask the people that have been recruits here at one point in time is how has the culture at DOCJT changed, if it has at all, from your perspective? What have you witnessed? Because you've seen it for a long period of time. I have. I think it's really changed a lot, and especially in the last couple of years, the technology and online, I think, and COVID really changed everything. I, I think you realize Zoom and different things you can do online with training, and you're still getting the same type of uh, benefit out of it. Uh, Quality's still there. The quality is there, and I think we can do more with the online asynchronous training than we ever have before. And in doing that, that gives the recruit more time at the agency, and hopefully that will help with hiring and retention. But that's one thing I've noticed differently in the last couple of years is the online and, and technology. I think the instructors here are staying in depth with things that's changing, uh, especially like officer safety, the traffic stops, the uh, defensive tactics. They're, they're staying up to date with all the current trends. That was probably my most shocking thing coming here is how much we send people to training to learn what the current trends are. Yeah, we're training people, but our people are also doing training on their own to make sure that they're up on stuff. Absolutely. I was really surprised at that. So that's good. That's a good thing. Do you have any fun, funny stories about DOCJT life from when you were recruits? Well, I have one kind of, it's funny story to me. When I got here, I'm originally from Muhlenberg County out in Western Kentucky. And when I showed up here, I kind of looked across and one of the other students was actually my first cousin that I hadn't seen in oh probably 10 years and his name's Jeff Gentry he eventually became the police chief at Murray State University so we're first cousins and just seeing him at the first time in a couple of years brought back a lot of memories as did you child. know that he was going to police academy when no you showed up no so. we had no idea so we're both here at the same time we're like David Jeff I mean we're both talking what are you doing here <laughs> So it was kind of funny in a way. Impromptu family reunion. It was. And we've all made a joke of that for the year, you know, past several years. What has it been personally, you know, coming full circle, having seen this agency, it being part of your life from the time that you were training to chief to, to now an instructor, that you have the chance to impart all this knowledge on a whole new generation of law enforcement. And essentially, you know, you're helping shape law enforcement in Kentucky. 
It's very humbling. You know, I'm, I'm very blessed to be part of the leadership section. And when I got here, Chip White, he kind of tasked me with the, uh, the CJED program. So I'm kind of the coordinator over it now. And we've taken that program and totally revamped it. Now you have a capstone project. It is uh, 17 assignments. So that's probably the one program that I'm very passionate about. This and just for anyone who's listening that might not know, Chip White is our assistant training director here at DOCJT. But our criminal justice executive is four weeks, and we've really revamped that program to focus more on the executive and people that are in uh, executive positions. This year, we'll actually have two 911 directors to be part of this program that's never been done before. So I'm pretty excited for that. And another piece that I'm really involved in is our police executive command course, our PEC. Get to work with other chiefs and people that I've known and uh, had relationships with networking in the past and getting to communicate with them and asking them, what training do you need as a police chief that we can provide you to uh, make things better for you? Having that relationship that I've had in the past has really been important. What are some of the best lessons that you learned here when you were a recruit that you want um, new officers or even officers that you're teaching and in service to take with them as well? I'm I'm thinking potentially like non-skill type lessons. I think just uh, learning and trying to soak up as all the information that you can while you're here at DOCJT training. And when you get that information, I think it's really vital that you go back to your agency and share that wealth of knowledge and information that you got, uh, especially when it's uh, anything leadership or, you know, you can do those types of training in roll call. Hey, I went to this in service and this is what I learned. These are new techniques or leadership styles or things that we, that I took away from the course. I think sharing that internally is probably one of the most important things that you can do in a department is sharing that information and uh, especially really good courses like stress and wellness or PCIS and things, uh, that you can take back to help. Right now, we are way ahead of the curve. You know, we're trying to do new things online. As somebody that was part of the Kentucky Law Enforcement Council, I was a member of that, and I see our curriculum and uh, the changes that we're making, especially from a leadership perspective with new upcoming chiefs, our Academy of Police Supervision. We're learning new things and, and sharing that wealth of information to our supervisors in law enforcement, I think, has changed a lot the last couple of years. So so our future is bright. <laughs> it is very bright. And even though, you know, the climate has um, kind of been down on law enforcement, it's one thing I always tried to stress at our agency. You know, we don't see people out there with pitchforks demanding change. Pretty much everybody's appreciated what they do. You know, just always try to do the right thing and uh, kind of my wisdom there. Now, not only have you been officer, a chief, and an instructor, but you also have been part of U.S. Army. You were a, a military tank driver for, I think, six years? That was six Right. So what was the difference in training, like, from the law enforcement perspective uh, to what you had in the military? Was there anything that you were able to bring from the military to, to your law enforcement career? I know, you know, we have the M2LE program now where we're helping transition people from the military into law enforcement. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, of course, I was in the reserves, and when I got out of uh, active duty and basic training, I think just the discipline part of being in the the military is what I really took back because being a police officer does involve discipline and being able to learn and, and really good common sense as well. But that was probably some of the things I took back. I always told myself mentally is they can't take your birthday away from you, <laughs> even though how hard it was, you know, how many push-ups you had to do in the military. 
they can't take your birthday away from him. So that was mentally what I always took. And same way with basic training here. Uh, you know, it was tough. We had to jog and run and do different things mentally. A lot of homework, legal, was probably the penal code. Learning all that was pretty tough. But that's how I got through things is in my family. Just I was married and two years later I had a child, but after I got out of the academy, but uh, just being with families. Kind of letting them be your cornerstone. Yeah, absolutely. You also got to see law enforcement from the perspective of working at the state penitentiary and then also at the Madison County Detention Center. I did, correct? yes. Uh, what was it like working with law enforcement during that time uh, while you were still working in corrections? Uh, it was very different. I got to see that side of criminal justice system. I got to see that back side of it and appreciate and talk to people that were incarcerated and, you know, they didn't have their family or in the years later, you know, with the drug abuse and the uh, the issues with drugs, you know, it, that can happen to anybody's family. So I was pretty passionate. I kind of knew just talking to people, you know, the the issues they had. And then I think that helped me in my law enforcement career because I recognized early on that it doesn't take much to get into jail. You know, people make bad choices and mistakes and people need to be there for punishment. But I, I saw both sides of the criminal justice system. So that really helped. Well, thank you so much for joining us and uh, providing us with so much information today uh, and your uh, specific piece of history with DOCJT. Well, it's great to be here, and uh, I look forward to many more years here. And everyone, thank you for listening. More information about today's topic can be found in this episode's show notes. Remember, you can find us on DOCJT's website under the training tab, on Apple Podcasts, and on Spotify. Until next time, I'm Critley King-Smith, and you have been listening to The Bluegrass Beat. We hope you join us again. We strive to make this podcast entertaining and informative. If you would like to reach us with a comment or suggestion, Contact us via the link in the show notes. You can subscribe to the Bluegrass Beat wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been a Team Kentucky and Department of Criminal Justice Training production.